2 Kings 6, verse 16. Here this morning we read some missions reports. I'll just read you a couple. Um, and one of the missionaries we support uh, is Brother and Sister Robinette. They are in charge of the German-speaking nations of Europe. So Switzerland, Germany, Austria, and Liechtenstein. And um, in the month of May in 21 locations, they had some training seminars and some services. And at least 140 people were filled with the Holy Ghost in two weeks. And there was at least 161 reported miracles and 60 people were baptized in the name of Jesus. That was just in a couple of weeks in 21 different locations over those four countries. Um, and yesterday there was a youth on missions trip from a city, uh, from a church in Italy in Milan. And they went to the Italian speaking city of Switzerland, Lugano. And they tried to do an outreach there. And for the first service, 20 people showed up, two were filled with the Holy Ghost, and one was baptized in the first service in Switzerland. So that's exciting, God's working, and just our friends in Benin, <laughs> um, the months and the six churches they went to in uh, the month of May, 56 people were filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. Uh, many people were renewed, 27 were healed in Jesus' name, and at least one was delivered uh, from demonic oppression, which is a big thing. Um, so that's pretty incredible. They had some more in the Holy Ghost today. There were three services today, which is just mind-blowing to me. Have you ever been in an African service? They are not short. So they have more stamina than I do. So pray for them as, a, as they are there in Benin. Um, anyways, moving on to our text, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. It says, And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to talk a few minutes tonight on surrounded. Hallelujah. Let's just pray together one more, one more time. Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you for your presence that's here, God, your spirit. God, that stepped into this place, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, let your will be done the rest of this service. God, I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear your word. God, anoint my mouth to say it. I pray in the name of Jesus. God, let your will be done. God, continue to move and open our eyes tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you would like. Or you can stay. I don't care. Second Kings chapter 6. Where we will be. We're going to kind of go through this story. Uh, so bear with me. We'll get to where we're going. We're just going to stay in that chapter. Second um, Kings 6, verse 8 to 10 is where the story starts. And it says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, took counsel with his servant, saying, In such and such a place shall, my, shall be my camp. Such and such a place. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place, which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. So in the story, they, the king of Syria is attacking Israel. And this king decided that he would set up a camp at such and such a place, which is pretty funny that it actually says that, such and such a place. And he decides he's going to set his camp up at such and such a place. 
and get ready to attack Israel from there. Kind of wait for them to come or set up an attack and go from there, or whatever his plan was. And he talked and he worked with his servants and that's all that knew about this plan. And he was getting this plan ready. But there was a man named Elisha who was a prophet, a man of God. He was called of God. He was anointed of God and he was chosen by God. And this man, Elisha, he was, he was at home and he was praying and he was living for God. And he was just doing whatever God wanted him to do. He was following God the best that he could, just doing his thing. And while he's doing his thing, living for God, God shows him the king's plan the king of Syria. And so Elisha, being the good guy that he is, tells his own king, the king of Israel, he says, hey, avoid this place, such and such a place. You know, the king of Syria is going to be there, so just don't go near that place. So the king listens to what Elisha says, and he saves himself and his army multiple times. And that's a really cool story. Yes. Neato. But the thing is, the king needed to listen to that word from Elisha. Because if he didn't, he would have ended up dead. If he did not listen to the word from Elisha, he would have been in a worse place than he currently was. He would have been put into a bad place, a difficult spot. He would have been put into a mess. But the king had to make that decision. The word came forth, and it was up to the king what he was going to do with that. Elisha's job was to say what God told him to say. Elisha's job was to take the word of God and pass it on. And what the king did with it was up to him. We can preach our guts out. We can preach until we're blue in the face, but if we don't listen and we don't heed the word of God, if we don't believe what the word of God says, Amen. you're going to be in a bad place. You can preach and you can teach and you explain to someone until the day you die, but what they do with that information is up to them. And so many times a preacher or a speaker will come through or a teacher or a missionary. Someone will come through and they will speak a word from God. And we decide, I don't want to listen to this guy today. Oh, he's, I know him. I remember, you know, stories I've heard about this guy. I grew up with this guy. He's an idiot. He did this. He does that. I know all this stuff about him. And we can just kind of tune somebody out because maybe we don't like them or we don't like something they said. And we just kind of tune them out and say, you know, I don't, I don't want to listen to this guy today. He missed the mark today. I don't even know what he was talking about. Just up there flapping his gums, running his mouth, whatever, whatever it is you want to say. I can't believe that that guy said that. I can't believe that that preacher said that. He didn't even shake my hand today. He didn't do what I wanted him to do today. And we get upset when things. <laughs> Anyways. And then we get upset when things go bad. It's the same with God's word. It's the same with the Bible. You can read it and you can study it all you want. You can know what all the words mean. You can know the Hebrew and the Greek, the history, the backstory of every book. You can know the name of every person in the Bible. But if you don't obey it or listen to it, you're going to be in a mess. Amen. My, my, my. Don't get, <laughs> I don't get up here to spell words and make pretty sentences because I can't. They come out in a mess. I don't, you know, come here to, to buy time or to get paid or to make friends or anything like that. I just try to relay the message from God. I'm not here to be your friend as much as I may hurt your feelings. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to be 
your pastor. I'm not here to waste time or practice speaking or get good at whatever it is that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to relay a word from God. But what you do with it is up to you. The king had to make a choice. He had to trust. He could have trust. Sorry. The king needed to make a choice. He could trust what Elisha said or he could do whatever he wanted. He could do whatever he thought was right. And if he did whatever he wanted, he would have ended up dead. And if we ignore the word of God, if we ignore the message from God, if we ignore the Bible, if we ignore the preaching from God, it's going to end badly. And the king listened and he saved himself multiple times. Not once, not twice. He saved himself multiple times. And a lot of problems that we face could be solved if we would just listen to God in the first place. A lot of conflict that we go through could be avoided if we would just listen to what God says in the first place. My, my, my. 2 Kings 6, 11 and 12. That was a freebie. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. So the, Kyrian, the Syrian king, the Kyrian saying, the Syrian king was upset. He assumed that one of his men, one of his servants, was a spy. And that's the obvious conclusion. When the other people know your plan, the other people know your mode of attack, obviously someone's telling them. So, you know, he says, who is it? Which one of us is the one with the loose lips that are sinking the ships? Which one of us is the one that's talking? Which one of us is telling Israel what's going on? And one of the servants speaks up and they say, hey, it's not us. There's this guy, Elisha. There's this prophet in Israel that knows what's going on. God's telling them what... When you're speaking in your bedchamber, when you're saying in private, he knows because God is showing him. There's this guy, Elisha, and he's been doing it. It's not us. Don't get mad at us. Blame God. And Elisha must have had some sort of reputation because the king believed it. You know, someone said that to us and be like, you're crazy. Which one of you was it for real? But the king believed it and it was true. Verse 13 says, and he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan, or Dothan. And the king of Syria decides to go out and find where Elisha is. And he says, I'm going to get this man. I'm going to teach him a lesson. He wasn't happy. He was trying to, to fight Israel. He was trying to attack Israel, defeat and conquer Israel. But there was this pesky man of God that was getting in the way. And he was upset about it and he was angry. And he said, I'm going I'm to fetch him. I'm going to show him who's boss. And here's the thing. The enemy could care less if all you do is come to church, pay your tithes, go home and do whatever you want. And live the life you want to live and do whatever you want. And don't listen to what the preacher says. Don't listen to what's being taught. Don't listen to the word of God. He doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care if you do whatever, you know, and you just do whatever you want. There's a whole nation of people that were supposed to be called of God. There was a whole nation of people that were set apart as holy. There was a whole nation of people that were called out. There's a whole nation of people that were chosen, supposed to be holy, supposed to be following 
following God, but this king didn't seem to care about them at all. He wasn't really worried about the rest of them. But as soon as Elisha stepped out, as soon as he started being used by God and started listening to the voice of God, as soon as he started sharing the word of God and listening to the word of God, that's when the enemy got upset. If you want to upset the enemy, if you want to rattle the enemy, all you've got to do is step out and start letting God use you. If you want to get the enemy worked up, all you've got to do is step out and start letting God use you. Start praying, really praying. Start binding things and loosing things. Start praying against spirits. Start teaching a Bible study. Start reaching into a place that nobody else has reached before. Start giving your time. Start giving your talents. Start giving your finances. Start worshiping. Start fasting. Start studying. Start making changes in your life. Start letting God use you. Start letting the anointing of God flow through you. Start letting the gifts of the Spirit operate in your life. Start prophesying. Start building up others. Start doing all these things we've been teaching on Wednesday nights. Start making a difference. If you want to get the enemy upset, all you got to do is start letting God use you. All you got to do is step out and let God move through you. And that's when he gets upset, and that's when he starts attacking. That's when he starts trying to mess with your family. That's when he starts trying to mess with your life. But it's okay. Because 1 John chapter 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it's okay when the enemy attacks me, because he's not just attacking me. He's attacking Jesus, and Jesus doesn't lose Ever. It's okay when the enemy starts attacking me because I have Jesus on my side and Jesus in the end is victorious. It doesn't matter what happens to me. He is victorious. I'm on the right side. Some of us are trying to go through life without ever being noticed. And it's fine if you want to do that physically. I don't really care. I understand. I understand it. I get it. But we can't go through life without being noticed spiritually. The enemy should know who you are. The enemy should be scared of you. The enemy should be worried when you start to pray. The enemy should be worried when you lift your hands and worship. The enemy should be worried when you open your Bible. The enemy should be worried when you start to share the testimony that God's given you and you start to share the word of God. The enemy should be worried. Oh no, here comes Brenda again. It's over. Oh no, here comes Eunice again. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Oh no, here comes Nora again. It's over. Oh, we gotta, we gotta stay. We gotta to get out of here oh no here he comes again watch out God's gonna start moving we got to get out of here the enemy should be scared of you Acts chapter 19 there's this weird story and there's these guys that are trying to cast out an evil spirit and the spirit that they're trying to cast out says this strange thing it says Jesus I know and Paul I know well, who are you? These guys were really living for God. They're just trying to try to use the name of Jesus, kind of like a magic spell, trying to get whatever they wanted to happen. You know, they saw other people do it. They tried to copy it, but they didn't really have that relationship with God. But the, the Spirit says, Jesus I know, which obviously. And then it says, Paul I know. <laughs> the enemy knew Paul. That evil spirit knew Paul. Like, that's incredible. This <laughs> The Spirit knew Paul because Paul was constantly stepping out. Paul was constantly being used of God. 
So much so that this random spirit that was in this other person yes. knew who Paul was, heard of who this Paul was. Because Paul was constantly stepping out and being used. Yes. Stop hiding. Stop trying to keep a low profile. Pray the prayers. Hallelujah. Worship. Witness. Pray with that person on the street. Turn your world upside down. The enemy got mad at Elisha and went after him and tried to track him down to show him a thing or two about a thing or two. Because he was being used by God. And the enemy couldn't fight that, really. Couldn't really stop it. So here's the thing. The enemy knows that he can't fight and win against God. The enemy knows that he can't beat God. It's not going to happen. He's been trying for years to do it. He's not getting anywhere. Thought maybe he won a couple of times. Thought maybe he won at Calvary, but it ended up being his biggest loss. So the best thing that the enemy can do is come after you. The enemy can't stop God. The enemy can't stop a move of God. But he may be able to shut you up. He may be able to discourage you. He may be able to quiet you. He may be able to silence your voice. He may be able to distract you from praying, distract you from giving, distract you from worshiping or ministering. He's not able to stop God. But he may be able to stop you. If we let him. Verse 14 says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. <coughs> so the king of Syria finds out where Elisha is or was, and he sends an army, a huge army for one guy, surrounds the whole city for one guy. Pretty incredible. This great host. The whole city is surrounded by this, this army. He sends his army, a great host, horses, chariots, all this stuff. And surrounds them. And it's starting to look grim for our boy Elisha. Verse 15 says that when the servant of the man of God was risen early. So not Elisha, but Elisha's servant. He gets up early and goes forth. And behold, an host can pass the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Elisha's servant gets up early in the morning and he goes outside and he sees all this stuff. He sees everything. He sees the, he sees the enemy surrounding the city there. And he sees the army. He sees the horses and the chariots. And he panics. And he says, Ah, Elisha, what are we going to do? And part of his problem was he was relying on his eyes. <coughs> he saw the enemy, he saw the army, sorry, and he was scared. He relied on his sight, he relied on what he could see and his feelings, and that's a dangerous place to live. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we see, we don't focus. So don't focus. On what you can see right now. That's a dangerous thing to do. Israel sent out 12 spies. 10 of them saw things negatively. Two of them thought they could take it. But those 10 
infected the rest so that they had to wander around till they all died. 40 more years. <clears throat> Don't focus on what you see. We're called to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, the church isn't going to grow because nobody's here tonight. Well, you tried this, but didn't do anything because I don't see any results. Well, you prayed, but nothing happened. But the whole time, God is working behind the scenes. The church isn't full yet, but he's working on hearts right now. He's moving right now. I don't see any results yet, but it takes a while for a seed to grow. Well, <laughs> I prayed and God heard me. That's all I know. It's up to him right. now. If we went by faith, or we went by what we could see or what we feel, we would have quit a long time ago. Amen. And that's part of our problem. We're going by what it looks like right now. So stop using your eyes. You can't trust your eyes. There's things called optical illusions. There's mirages. There's, there's, you know, it's dark. You can't see. You don't know exactly what's going on. You can't trust your eyes. You might be looking the wrong way. You may be focused on the wrong things. Too many things can go wrong when we start trusting our eyes. When we lived in Brockville, Ontario, I worked at McDonald's because that's where I always worked. And I had an early shift. Uh, 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. shift. It was early. And they have this thing in Ontario where um, when you pull up to a, a stoplight, somebody will pull up in the lane beside you, and as soon as it turns green, they decide they're going to race you and cut you off every time. And it drives me crazy. And I, <laughs> as a man, I can't let that happen. <laughs> so... So it was this morning, and the street, the street we lived on, it was the same street as uh, McDonald's was on. It's just this long street, and there was some different shopping areas. And for some reason, they set up lights at every place to go in to shop, and they weren't censored like they should have been. And they'd be red, like two in the morning, like it matters. Nobody's driving, right? So that was one thing that was annoying, but. So I come up to this, this red light, and I, I see a car behind me coming, and I'm like, oh, he's just gonna pass me, and it's just gonna make me mad, because it's just rude, right? Just stay behind me, don't go around me, just, just, just drive, right? So I look, I, there was a red light, and, and I look behind me, I see the, the lights coming, I look up, I swear the light's green, and I went, I, I went ahead. Because I gotta get to work, it's five in the morning, my eyes aren't even working right. Well, the car behind me was a police officer. And I got pulled over. Apparently the light was still red. I swear it was green. I still believe it was green to this day. My eyes told me the light was green, but the, <laughs> the cop's eyes told him differently. And I had a hefty fine to pay. And he's like, well, do you have anything to say for yourself? I'm like, man, I thought it was green. I don't know what you want from me. He's <laughs> like, well, I could have seen if you just went through, but you stopped, and then you went. <laughs> it was great. But none of my explanations seemed to matter to him. I was late for work, <laughs> super frustrated. It was a bad day for work. <laughs> you can't trust your eyes. I still swear it was green, but I was wrong, apparently. 
I have to find to prove it. We can't trust our eyes sometimes. Things aren't always the way that they seem. You go on forever about that. But Elisha, he answered his servant and Verse 16, he says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. He said, Don't be afraid. Fear not. Stop being afraid. Stop worrying. Stop fretting. Stop focusing on the wrong thing. Stop crying. Stop being upset. Stop panicking. Calm down and breathe. Psalm 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be quiet. Stop freaking out. It's going to be okay. I know right now it looks bad. I know right now it looks like we're surrounded. Right now it looks like you're in a mess. Right now it feels like you're being attacked. Right now it looks hopeless. Right now it looks like you're lost. You've been deserted. It looks like God isn't there for you. Right now it looks bad. The enemy looks too big. You've never faced this situation before. You've never seen this kind of thing before. This is a new thing and it's terrifying. You've never gone through this before. You're surrounded in every way you look. It looks bad. Right now it looks bad like the enemy's won, like your son is lost, like your daughter is lost, like your family is broken, like your relationship has been shattered, like your heart has been broken, like the sickness is too big or too great, your faith has been shaken. And right now it looks bad and right now you may be scared and right now you may be confused or upset or hurt and you don't know where to turn you don't know what to do and it looks like you're surrounded but fear not they that be with us are more than they that be with them there is more on our side than on theirs. It might not look like it right now, but there is. It may look bad right now, but God is still in control. It may be terrifying right now, but God is still on the throne. It may look scary right now, but God is still in control. It may look like there's too much happening right now. We're surrounded right now, but God is in control. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Be still and know that I am God. We walk by faith and not by sight. Fear not. Fear not. Greater is he. Hallelujah. I don't know where my wife went, but I need some music. Let's tell you one more story. A weird story. About banana, obviously. We were here for that. We weren't there for this, but um, when we were um, with the Cisco's in Ghana, he, he was telling us a story that happened in, in Benin. And um, Benin is the, the birthplace of voodoo. Um, but you may have your opinions about that, but it's a, it's a thing. It's a real thing that people fight against. And, and um, anyways, so um, brother, brother Cisco, he's you know, not only a missionary to Ghana, but he's also um, kind of the guy on the ground for Brother Adams, um, and he's kind of in charge of all of Western Africa. So um, if anything's you know going on, he'd be like the superintendent type thing. He'd be like Brother Dickinson for for every, everybody, all the different countries. So whenever there's um, a general conference or something, you know, Brother Cisco would have to go if there's any sort of um, issues that arise that need to be dealt with, he would be the one that would go and, and deal with them. Um, so in, in Benin, he was at the, the annual um, general conference thing that they have, and they were um, doing their elections and all that exciting, boring stuff, really. 
voting on who was going to be in charge and who was going to be the secretary and all that sort of thing. You know, not super spiritual stuff, but they were, um, they were having this, this conference and they were doing the business meeting part. And um, they were out in the open. You know, none of the churches are really big enough to hold everybody. Um, for that sort of thing, so they just you know set up some tents and tables and that sort of thing, and they're out in a, you know a big um, a dirt type field, um, dirt and sand and all that. <clears throat> and, you know the weather's usually good, so you're fine to do that. So they're ha they're having their meeting, and then all of a sudden, there's this sort of tornado thing that comes, and it heads right towards where all the preachers are and where the the conference is. And, you know, he's kind of like, what's this? What's going on? And he said, all the preachers just got up from where they were, and they all ran over at the tornado, and they put their hands up, and they all started praying. <laughs> and as they were praying, this tornado thing was coming, and it was just like it hit an invisible wall and just went thank you, Jesus. until it just faded away. Thank you, Jesus. It just kind of died out. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay. And he's like, well, that was crazy. And, and they just go back to their meeting and then continue voting and like it never happened. And, and then a little bit later, another one comes, a little smaller this time, and it starts coming at them and they all get up and they all run over and they all start praying again. And the same thing, it hits the visible wall, goes and fades out, and that's that. And he's like, this is weird. And it turns out, you know, these guys just carry on like as normal. They do this sort of thing all the time, I guess. But, but it turns out that there was this big-time witch doctor that lived right next to where the meeting was. And he was trying to cast some spells. He was trying to do this, trying to, you know, fight against what God was, was doing. And he tried to stop it, and it was a, it was a spiritual thing. And it would have been easy for those preachers and their wives, Brother Cisco, would have been normal, really, just to take off running. You know, you don't run out of tornado. <laughs> Normally. Well, these guys are crazy. Not crazy. But, you know, it would have been fine. We wouldn't have judged them for running and panicking. It would have been, you know, normal even just to take off running. And, but these guys... I had a revelation of who Jesus was. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I had a revelation that there is more for us than against us. And this guy was trying to disrupt their meeting. He was trying to you know, mess it up. He was trying to you know, fight against them. But they fought back spiritually and God gave them victory. And we need to have that kind of resolve when something happens and it looks really bad. A tornado coming at you is not a fun experience. But they, they came against it. And God stopped it. We need that kind of resolve when things are happening around us. When things are coming against us, we realize that God is with us and God is for us. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's more for us than against us. And we need that. We need to stop having pity parties and woe is me. Because God is on your side. The angels are on your side. There's nothing that can stop you. You are surrounded by a heavenly host.
verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. To his eyes, it looked bad. It looked like he was going to die. It looked like it was over. It looked like the end. But Elisha said, God, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And God opened his eyes and he saw a host of angels around, chariots of fire all around protecting them. And we need to pray this prayer tonight. God, open my eyes. The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him. You are surrounded. God has you surrounded. God's got your back. We need to stop panicking. We need to stop worrying. We need to stop fretting. We need to stop running away. God has you surrounded. He is on your side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we know this, but we need to get a hold of this. There's so many things that we don't distract us and get us afraid and we worry and we, we kind of give up on, on things. God has you surrounded. He's with you. He's for you. He's called you. He's with you. He's going to protect you. He's going to keep you safe. You are surrounded. He's got this. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand